podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Welcome yet again to the Lazy Buggers uh, UP, which is which leaves leaves me, Simon Brundish, as your host. Um, I don't know. Honestly, at this point, I can't track where everybody is. Somebody's doing something, so it's just you're just left with me and uh, the doctor and the boy genius over there. Um, how you doing, boys? Not bad, mate. Not bad. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Isn't it a weird game? Like I let I finished this game, and I was a little bit annoyed, though we had won. And I don't know how that happens sometimes. I think I was probably just online a little bit too much. But how are you feeling about the game, Hamza? Um, I was surprised by the amount of uh, the quality of chances that were given away. I was surprised that the, the actual corner was scored from such a distance. Uh, but at the same time, I think all the forwards got around six shot seats minimum, which was good. Nunez played okay. Nunez played good, actually, sorry. Uh, Diaz looks on the up. And there are some interesting things with when Curtis played fullback and Elliot came in field that just shows them a bit different uh, in, in terms of the dynamics. Yeah, there are a few different takeaways that I had from the match, but non sort of negative ones. But I, I also I didn't watch it live. I, I rewatched it, so uh, I didn't have any of that sort of live emotion. And when you know the scoreline afterwards, you, you're a bit less sort of um, worried when you're watching it back. Makes sense, but yeah, watching it live, I was. I was in the frustrated kind of pool because I was a bit like, this is Burnley. The keeper's not a great keeper in the league. You know, he's, it's, it just seemed a bit odd. And I was, I was annoyed about the, there was one period of the game which would come on to, I think 40, 45 to 60 or something like that, where they created a low, they took three big chances. And it was just that period of instability against a really low rank side. I don't like seeing when you're in this kind of run. But then what rewatching it? You look at some of the numbers, yeah, I could probably see why. You know, they they did some good stuff in what they did with the limited they had, but and then you average positions start telling a story as well about how deep we were, surprisingly. We weren't very high in the first half, especially. Um but there was some good 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 positive play. I think Nunes played well, I agree with that. Uh I thought CJ actually when he went to right back was was probably the best player on the pitch, if my my point of view. One of the best players anyway. I thought he was really good at right back. Um, yeah, then Kwanzaa again, bar one little error maybe, was was a good partner for BBD. But no, I think it, it's one of those, isn't it? It's It did remind me, in some elements, it reminded me of title winning season, i.e. all goals were set, set plays. But, you know, and the recycling bit. But then the bit that didn't remind me of that was the just that, untangible stuff in the middle where you felt like they could break and create something which they did in a little period so the lack of control there you go that's the one look the lack of control from us but yeah, yeah that's probably my thing 
it never felt like totally convincing, did it? No, it was it was three one. But I think if we hadn't got that third, it would have been a bit rocky. Was it ninety eight minute game, something like that? So they had a long one. period of time. Hundred and one. So one minute again. Yeah. That's three games in a row. We've had hundred and one minute games. Yeah. Which is, which is weird. I posted this the other day, but uh, people seem to think on I was making some reference to the length in the how long it was, but it's just literally the randomness of having three hundred and one minute games in a row. It wasn't the longest game by us this season. We've no. got we've got a hundred and eighteen minute game at one point. Like you're playing extra time with this with the amount of uh, and 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 in this game, the referee, the name is some dickhead, Tim Robinson. Who the isn't that doesn't he do TED talks or something? Um, you, the, he was he was allowing their goalkeeper as ever to do whatever he likes with the with the ball, the ball in his hand. He had a twenty seven second and two twenty four second goal kicks with the ball in his hand. Yeah, uh, Miggs got called for twenty three. The only time I've ever seen anybody given a free kick against. I was in the stadium. I was I was probably the most furious fan in the in the stadium anyway, just because it was Miguel. Um twenty three seconds. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And it's just it's infuriating. I, I it's a shame. I I thought Darth was at the stadium. Um so I, I kind of wanted an insight into that, but I find it infuriating. I think it's it helps. You know, like when the crowd uh, are raucous and early on and it can help drive the team forward. Yeah. I find against lower teams early in the day, but definitely against lower teams, when they set the tempo of the game by not walking to pick up a throw-in, by taking as long as possible to take a goal kick, by the referee allowing them to do whatever they like to waste 10, Time. 15 yeah. seconds, it stops it slows down our intensity and my feeling just without going into anything granular is that for the first half of the game, we played at their tempo. We were walking around. We were walking to take throw-ins. Even our goal came about from, from um, 30 seconds of, of Trent pumping up, pumping up the crowd, which is, you know, nice, but still taking ages to take the actual set piece. Um, And we're at our best when we put the ball down and play straight away. When yeah. when Mac gets fouled, he puts the ball on the floor and plays it straight off and tries to catch catch the opposition out. And when we take a throw as fast as possible, whoever the ball goes out and whoever the whoever's nearest picks the ball up and just gets the ball in play. Um, and that's when I find we're imposing ourselves physically on the opposition that way instead of them enabling them to do it to us. I think you're right. So I think I've written down first half. There was a lot of um, indecision which sometimes comes from us being too slow. I think we play very much off the cuff ahead of When it's all like biz, 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 like you say, fizzing the ball around to each other, it's straight off the cuff. We just run the patterns instinctly and don't have to, th- we've got too many players, if they think too much, I think it goes wrong. And I think in the first half, you saw a few, we had breakaways, three on two, four on three at a couple of times and we made the wrong call because the play was too slow in my opinion. I, I think the slow, the the intensity, as I said, I don't know what you think, Hamza, that um, I think we talked about it a little bit last week, and I talk about it all the time with my team, is that the speed of your play comes about how many touches you have, but that very often is dictated by how many options you have, and that is dictated by the intensity of the ball for the first two seconds of you losing it. So we, if at any moment, if you took a three-second screen grab of when one of our centre-backs had the ball, there'll be 
the ahead of them, they were very, very often have eight players not moving. And we can only play fast when we have eight players sprinting to a new spot. Whether it's two feet away, it doesn't matter. But the intensity of their movement without the ball when we have possession determines the speed of our play. And it was just really ponderous, so I thought. Um, Hamza, do you have a, a stats pack of the uh, match day stats? Or are we going straight in with Bart's? Uh, the Bart's can go... <laughs> <laughs> do we do summary? Yeah, summary. Yeah. I've got. I have to say, my well, possession is slightly lower than the report. I've got sixty-four versus thirty-six, which is a little bit lower than the report. But anyway, the report is seventy in it. But I bet. Yeah. Does yours modify for time? Yeah. Yeah. So right, well, that'd be it because they because they were standing with the ball out of play for yeah. So fifteen minutes in the first get first half. I'm going to go with mine just because I'm being awkward. Uh, 25 to nine shots, uh, six on, uh, sorry, 11 on target to their four, uh, 18 in the box versus their seven in the box shots. Uh, we had seven outside the box. They had two outside the box shots. The key stuff, big chances, uh, five to four to us. XG, again, I've, I've got, I think I've got 2.83 versus 1.41. Um, Post shot, I've got 1.1 for them, 2.89 for us. EPV, which is all, mine's always lower than XT, I've got 1.25, they've got 0.52. But that does mean they converted more of their threat to XG, which actually, if you think about how they played, probably makes sense. Uh, field tilt added this week, I've got 73.5 to their 25.6. And there's only two periods where they better us for field tilt, and that happens to be when they actually one period where they better us for field tilt, and that is where they create three big chances. So that might be something to think about. Uh, probabilities of winning, 71.3 to us to win, and the draw was more probable than Brent, uh, Bernie winning, sorry, and the most probable score in a 1,000 Sims was actually 3-1 with 11%. That is about as comprehensive as a stat pack as you're going to get. Um, because I don't know why Darth always comes to me over this nonsense. <laughs> I'm coming to you, Hamza. Tell me about the team. Uh, yeah, so um, Alison was ill. So Quivine in goal, uh, which was the, the, the big major one. And then uh, Trent right back, Kwanzaa in. For Gomez, well, and Canate because he's suspended. Uh, at centre-back alongside Virgil. Robo, Robo starting on the left. Also, Endo back in uh, starting as a six. Uh, Jones and McAllister alongside him. Uh, Diaz on the left, Nunez to the middle, and Jota on the right. And we've discussed this before. Klopp mentioned the, the players' A1 position. So that's Nunez's favourite, that's Diaz's favourite, and Jota, uh, because he's multifunctional, uh, he's meant to fill in the role, uh, the holes and sort of do the connective stuff and all the itty-bitty stuff in the front line to make sure that Diaz and Nunez can do what they do best. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it, the interesting thing here was because Endo's back in, where would McAllister play? And McAllister early on pushed up a little bit as Trent moved in field. And that dynamic changed in the second half because Trent went off, Curtis went on, and then Curtis held width, and Harvey came on as well. And I, I thought that actually worked uh, all right. But yeah, um, a little bit of tinkering in midfield, but th- that was the that was the lineup. Yeah, makes sense. And how do, do we have five changes for this? Wasn't it? Um, 
Uh, I'm speaking from truth. Uh, and <laughs> it was, <laughs> we was have, we, we currently have eight injuries. If we throw in the sicknesses, um, I'm not having people that we, we are speaking truth here. So I don't like the, um, inferred extra illnesses of people. It's, um, yeah, illnesses that prevented people from playing, but they were sat on the bench. There's no chance that a professional football club puts an infectious person who has ripped yeah. the the heart of the uh, the team out um, on the bench. On the bench, so yeah. Grav's not ill. He might have felt ill earlier in the week, but he wasn't absolutely wasn't ill. And I also find a, a nonsense the stuff about uh, somebody's half fit or whatever on the bench. If they're on the bench, they can play. Um, yeah. That's just the bottom line. So we have eight injuries right now. Um, it's no, it's no fun. Uh, and given that uh, Ali is absent and Joe Gomez is absent, who's now played himself right into that conversation of uh, first team, um, and Matip, who was first team before he got injured, um, and Thiago, who's the greatest midfielder ever to have played for Liverpool, alongside Zobo, who might be the next greatest midfielder to ever play for Liverpool, uh, and uh, the greatest youngster in history called Ben Doak. Doak? Never quite sure. Um, and perhaps the greatest footballer of all time, uh, Mohamed Salah. That's quite a significant injury list without uh, without it raising us into the top 10 in the Premier League. Um, so it was quite a debilitating Set up, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's all down the right hand side as well. Our main, or has been for many years, our main um, engine Strength. for creating ch- chances, right? By the second half, it's definitely all down the right hand side. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, should we crack on with the actual game? Did you want to cover re injury stuff? Uh, let's talk about it at the end. All right, no worries. We, we end up with more injuries than we had at the beginning, didn't we? So, yeah. Crack on with the boring game, which still had four goals in and 11 big chances, but I was still bored. Um, so first quarter, I like to go in the 25, first 24 minutes. Um, what really happened? We, uh, I have, I have us at not an awful lot, but we, there we go. We had five touches in the box each in the first 24, 24 minutes. It felt like, we had the ball, but they actually had some good chances, didn't they? They had two shots in the box. We had one at that point. Um, what do you know? What is the XG for that period, uh, Bart? I've got it split. So theirs for the first 15 minutes was 0.32. Um, and then the 16 to 30 was 0.03. So... Yeah, it was early. It's just the way I split it instead of... Yeah, but, you know, it, it, it's the bulk of their XG was in that yeah, first yeah, yeah, period yeah, yeah. of time. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, it, it took a while before our formation settled. What what did we... It felt like we set up slightly differently, Hamza. Uh, yeah, as in... You, you think more about sort of McAllister when he was playing. Yeah. And, yeah. And we're still... It didn't seem that Trent, Trent's first thought was to invert as well. No. Uh, so it... it, it in in possession, there's a strong sort of um, horseshoe sort of feel to it because they play with a four four two, with uh, Amduni and Fafana squeezing on the the sixes. Uh, 
on the ball went in, it usually went out, and there's a lot of sort of slow football. And against a 4 4 2 or against any sort of team that's sort of sitting back, you need to be quick. Um, so can I just interject for a second, just because we're a stat show? Fofana has, he has the best minutes per goal right in the Premier League. Continue. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, um, in a few different moments, so uh, there's, there's a, well, there's actually quite a nice move in the fifth minute. Mac moved to the right wing, Jota dropped deep, uh, Trent moved into half space, uh, and it was a, there's a sequence of sort of quick passing, and that, that meant that that rotation just moved, uh, Burnley around a little bit and opened a bit of space up, and there's a better one later on on the left side after a switch where Robertson played into CJ, who then played into Endo. Robertson ran around the back. Diaz pushed the line, created a bit of space, uh, and then Rob- Robbo crossed for Nunez, but he couldn't quite reach it. Beyond that, in that first period, there, re- there wasn't much there um, in terms of threat and s- uh, provocative sort of space occupation. Uh, but yeah, um, because... Mac was infield and Endo was infield. There wasn't really the need or the space for Trent to move infield straight away. So he was waiting for McAllister to push up and then he might go inside, he might go into the half space, or he might actually move into the six. As the half actually wore on, though, uh, Trent started doing a few different things. He went between the centre backs for a little bit, went infield, went a bit wider. Uh, but yeah, he tried a few different things, but without the sort of the speed around him, uh, he wasn't really able to accelerate play as much as he would have liked. There's, there were a few, maybe two, three switches in the first 30 that I picked up on. Uh, but yeah, the, the dynamic changed a bit. Uh, and beyond those two sequences in the fifth minute and that one on the left side, uh, there wasn't too much of smart movement to, to pull Burnley around. Definitely not for us. There was, there was a, Burnley had a big chance after 10, didn't they? That was the... Amdouni, yeah. Uh, 0.23 XG, according to Fot One. Uh, but yeah, so that was a really good save, I think. Good save, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quig made actually a good save, which I kind of wanted to point out, but uh, he is he is on a trend of making of making saves. He's still only 60, I think 64% save rate, which is kind of wank. Um, but it's way over the last four games, is he's starting to... I don't know. People were saying that he needed to play more but without making judgment. I'm like, he's played for four years. This is the keeper he is. But he's maybe, all right. Maybe. He's and, and keepers do tend to peak late. I don't know. Like for old people that remember the shit show we used to put up with uh, in the 90s in goal for us between uh, Brad Friedel and David James, um, who both went off to be bloody brilliant. And they were garbage for us, and and they went off to be really, really good goalkeepers for other people because goalkeepers age well. Um, yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe I'm totally wrong, and he's going to be a really, really good goalie. Uh, well, I, because this is a stat show, and it's, it's my turn to do this now. The uh, the median age for a goalkeeper this season is um, I've actually lost the stat. I think it's thirty one. <laughs> I think it's thirty one. Uh, I'll uh, I'll come back to you. As in, I had I had a list, but I've deleted the top row, so I don't have the numbers on the top. That makes sense. I I did oh, a big man. study. Uh, what well, a big study, a big research project last summer. I think looking at uh, peak ages of each age group, and goalkeepers are obviously the highest yeah. by miles. Um, so 
Yeah, there's a good chance that that's the case. But you just don't know if it's if it's experience of actual playing in matches, what the difference is, why they get better. I don't know. Who knows? It's it's environment as well, isn't it? Environment as well. You know, maybe maybe environment. Maybe maybe trust. Maybe goalkeepers get better. Yeah. All all manner of things. All manner of things. Yeah. Uh, Maybe he'll just look better if he moves down to play for Burnley and gets the 36 shots a game to save, gets more practice. Mm. It's possible. But I just wanted to point out he's got better anyway. Yeah. Um, what? So let's, cause, because what actually happened until the second phase of uh, the second quarter, we scored. Tell me about the goal. Bart? So this is actually where... Rather than Trent trying to invert or go between the centre halves or do something funky, just went back to old school Trent, went wide, put two balls in, they they blocked. One of them went out for a corner. And then we get the a classic Liverpool go-ahead goal from a set play. I have no idea why they were trying to claim the keeper was impeded when it was his own player that impeded the keeper. And it just forced the Jota and Jota does what he does, which is score. So um, I thought it was... It was good. I completely agree with Hamza. Trent was trying to get on the ball, but this was one of the instances where he just went high and wide, received the ball, put two balls in, they closed it down. The, I think the third attempt, it went out for a corner. We put the corner in a, in a pretty good area. Keeper, SP Frank, made a hash of it. And uh, Jota, I said, Lineker, scores. 1-0. And I haven't got the XG for that, actually, if you look at that point. The uh, slaughter is a tremendous 0.35. He with this goal, I don't know if the stats up. I think this is number fifteenth header goal. Um, he 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 went ahead of goals scored with his head in the Premier League of Andy Carroll. Yeah, I noticed you put that up into it. Uh, uh, it amused me. Uh, it didn't get any traction, but it just amused me because <laughs> um, Andy Carroll, Jesus Christ, the first of all goals that were headed goals. Ah, how many times has that happened in the game? All of if theirs was headed, ours were all headed. So all goals Diaz in the game. Was header. It was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. It was just stooped. Stooped. Yeah, it wasn't like a classic get up and eye should deck, but it was. Yeah, a, yeah, it was yeah. A, yeah. So all four goals were headers. Tremendous. Uh, and we in this period we had 18 touches in the box. A lot from dropping around from corners. They had yeah. four, but we had three t- three shots in the box. They had two, um, so they they still carried some threat in this period. Yeah, that's that's fair. That yeah, we and we had the most XG in this period. We had point uh, six to uh, to their point zero six converted our EPV at two hundred percent. So yeah, we did. This was a good period for us, but they still had something on the counter, which is what we said at the beginning. It was never quite a stable environment for us. They still managed to get ahead. And obviously they, they scored in the same period. So Tidy. Um, Hamza, I just, they, we have this debate all the time. I'm not sure we've had yours, your take on this, that uh, XG versus big chances versus post-shot XG, blah, 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 this stuff. Lots, lots of it contains Darwin, but this is not about Darwin in this instance. It's about Jota. He had a 0.2 chance he scored and the post shot was only 0.03. So it looks like he reduced the chance by his scoring, but he actually just, the goalkeeper wasn't in and he just put it past the goalkeeper. Hmm. So what is your take on this statistic? 
Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Uh, I, I tend to use XG on target or post-shot XG to usually serve as a rule of thumb for goalkeepers rather than uh, for, for forwards. Um, that's generally how I use it. Uh, there, there is a use of using XG and then plotting your XG on target to see how the, the th- goals scored above the um, above the XG, right, to see how, how good the, the finishing quality is. But I, I think we did mention this before. Some models take into account with the goalkeeper, some, some don't. Uh, so that means just for this, yeah, it, it's not particularly valuable here because... Um, and we may have also discussed this before. Was it last week, the week before? Um, it, with set pieces, uh, just standing in the way is quite an effective way to block goalkeepers, and a lot of teams do it. A lot of teams have done it, done it historically. I think more are even doing it now. You just stand in the way on the six yard, on the edge of the six yard box. The keeper might come and take you out, and if they do, they might get away with it. But at the same time, they still have to take you out, which means there's a body there that's in the way, and it's a bit more difficult for them. So, um, um, unless there's a law that comes in to say these lots of players can't stand around the goalkeeper, uh, this is just the way to score goals. Um, but yeah, to come back to your point, actually on on target, um, I, I don't use it much for um, for finishing. Uh, but it's better for goalkeepers, and I think it works well for anal- analysing the goalkeeper here. He, he's made an error, missed the ball, and it's gone in the middle of the goal. So uh, yeah, that shouldn't reflect poorly on on him. Fair enough. I I, I like with with all XGs. I think it's a nice trend. I don't think it's very representative of any individual game. Mm. Um, but the other thing I wanted to mention was uh, what you were talking about with Trent earlier, and whether his choices to invert or not, and how Mac was deeper. Um, could it be that Mac has learned, has been so used to playing deeper that his trend has been to just drop in, or do you think it was strategic? It, it was instructed. Uh, it could be a bit of both because I think it's a, a habit that you pick up, and I think in a game like this, just a, as a, a central midfield player, you want to get on the ball, so you are going to come a bit deep because of the four four two block. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's a bit of both. Just just the nature of the stagnated play infield usually prompts a player to go. We need to change something. So for example, if I'm playing a little bit further up and it's very stagnant, slow play, deeper, I might come short. Not just to drag a player with me, but to get a touch, to create a bit of space, that sort of thing. So a bit of both, I think. I love that. That it's just not talked about. It's not stats driven or anything, but it's absolutely huge. It is. It's. Mm real and it's human that sometimes you want a bit of the ball you get a bit bored so you get dragged out of position 
the the prime example of this is David Beckham against Greece, by the way, which we're going to hear a lot about in the in, in the next couple of months. But uh, yeah, sometimes you just want the ball, and you end up going in a position you're not been instructed to just to get it because you're you, you want to influence the game, and you think you can. Um, I do think in this probably there was some kind of instruction that we were going to go mid block again because we weren't pressing really high. Um, and so that creates a different depth to the midfield a little bit, doesn't it? From where they usually are with Endo and the two higher. Uh, to say, to CJ's, CJ's on average higher in the first that half. And so the left half space is a lot higher than he normally is. It's normally the right player that isn't right in the half space. Whereas this time Mac is in the deeper of the half space channel and, and the left half space, the left player is higher up, which is CJ. But then mm-hmm. that impedes in Diaz and the rest of it. Anyway. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. And CJ covered the most distances. He did. Yeah. As he always does. Yeah. Um, as long as he's within 10 minutes of the finish of the game before he comes off. Because um, <laughs> he's just a monster. But so he's more like, yeah, I think he's typically the used as the highest presser, but also the guy that makes the run in behind if we're going to have to have a runner in behind as well. So, yeah, his average touch is going to be that. Um, tell, take us through their goals. Hamza, take us through their goal. Uh, yeah, one second. Let me just uh, load it up. Dara uh, O'Shea. Never heard of the dude. Oh, the corner. Uh, yeah, this was um, unexpected. Uh, Did you see how it built? Because online there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of Trent slander. It's it's a weird thing what? that some players get it, and how you give a player of the I don't know. The standing of Trent Alexander-Arnold in world football, the amount of stick he gets from his own fans blows my mind a little bit. And and there was that with this. And so it looked like he pulled out of a tackle or something. Oh, the, the dribble, like... That led to the, the corner. Attacking third. Yeah, as in so, so the forward who I will just get the name of. Uh, so you don't know his names either. Is that... It's, It'll uh, be. It was it's not Ramsey. It's Oliver. It was one on one against uh, Alexander Arnold. Uh, yeah, just just gets around him uh, on the left side. I think Trent goes to make this happen. Like just bounce the wrong way. Uh, then runs inside, plays a ball across, and Ramsey, the brother of the guy at Villa, uh, uh, his effort is deflected for the corner. But yeah, um, it's just pretty standard isolation out wide. Guy comes in field, but you've got bodies in field, so I wouldn't really worry too much about it. I, well, I, it turns out this was the moment that Trent hurt his knee. So, uh, was it? And was that when yeah. his, his foot jarred in the tur- turf? Oh Don't yeah. Uh, but yeah, in, in as far as the point about um, people making comments, uh, yeah, they, they, they're, they're silly. Yeah, I remember. Isn't if anyone wants to go and read this piece, you can. Uh, Barita piece after Trent played in midfield for England, uh, went through all the good stuff that he did, uh, and there's like hundred comments. Like the top, in the, the comment that's top is still like, "Why do you guys spend so much time talking about this average right back?" Uh, and then in every match after that until his injury, like Trent put in like minimum eight out of ten performance. I think the next match he actually scored against City. And then he just put assist, 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 goal, assist. And yeah, um, uh, I, I'm, honestly, uh, the, the sort of people that make these comments are, uh, the, 
that I've not gone back to sort of rub it in the face tells you how little I sort of <laughs> care about it. As in, yeah. it, 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 if that's your takeaway when you're watching the match, and it's not the two, it's not the three switches that you played. Uh, it's not the way that instigates play. It's not that this was a completely sort of inconsequential missed tackle because there's, I'm going to count how many players are covering. There are, there's the ball carrier for, for, for Burnley and then two forwards. And then you've got Kwanzaa, Endo, Van Dyke and Robertson all there. Uh, I mean, the reason teams set up like this is that if a player gets big, well, if you are going to lose a challenge, you lose it out wide because you don't want them to lose a challenge in the, in the middle because then they can attack in the middle and directly on goal. Uh, the idea is, yeah, if you get beaten out wide, that's fine because you have bodies infield that can protect and prevent this actually yeah. coming to a shot, which is what happened. It turned into a corner. But as you asked initially, uh, what about the corner? Uh, yeah, it's really good header. It was really far out. Uh, there has been some technical analysis on Quivine. Uh, and how late he was to push off. Uh, and it does look a bit strange, but at the same time, uh, it's quite a well-placed header. And if we, I know we've just dismissed XG on target as a, as a thing, uh, but it's given a 0.3, which, uh, which well, is a big chance. Yeah. That's a big chance. Yeah. Uh, but from, from a 0.02 XG. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's, it's a really good header. Um, do you but, not think Endo could do better? So he doesn't jump. See, my feeling with this is that Endo, Endo's the one to get the blame, right? So if you look at a clip of three seconds of the TV footage, it looks like uh, Endo was marking him and he didn't do enough to to yeah. uh, get in his way. But if you look out from the zoomed out version or uh, the game video, that you'll see that he is um, one of the two blockers and there are yeah. three players. One of them, even one of the two blockers, leaves the the vicinity and goes to the back post, leaving Endo with three players yeah. to impede. And nobody came out from their zone to head the ball, which will be in somebody's zone. It was left to Endo. To deal with, and I actually blame Endo for what you talked about with Kwanzaa earlier. It was Endo. Yeah, I, I was. I was fault. That's in my notes as well. Yeah. Yeah, he just didn't head a ball that didn't was right that, uh, that high, ducked underneath it, and then Kwanzaa went, oh, shit, uh, uh, yeah. too late, But which caused their big chance. But in this in this instant, I don't think it's Endo's fault. I don't think there's anything he can do against three players. And No, uh, no, I think, I think, but I think that's, if you get a point blame, whether it's Endo or not, that's the error is with the blockers not doing their job there, right? I, I actually think I, I think it's one of those I don't know Hamza loves the tactic stuff, it, but it's you can't cover everything. We have a we have a soft spot, and yeah. it's it's twelve yards out inside the front post, and it's the third time this season we've conceded from there, and they put it in a perfect spot, and that's we good. can't cover everything, and that's the area that they like. I, I think what we. Probably, I, I I would imagine that it's even some kind of uh, legacy of Graham's um, like uh, swarm analysis that this if we can't do the whole, every area of the pit of the uh, box, that the least likely place somebody's going to put in a thunder bastard of a header from is there that our keeper can't score is yeah. near post from twelve yards out. 
and uh, just somebody did. Uh, so I think it's I think it's a tactical issue rather than any personnel, but it probably could have been attacked better if we set up with an attacking front post and we don't. Or you don't give the corner away because I didn't think Robbo dealt with it that well. Right. If you know the ball comes across, I don't think he. You know, Robbo sometimes has a tendency of dropping too deep or not quite. Yeah, I, yeah, think yeah. He, I think he could have cleared the ball better. I think he had more time. And, than and it is his first game back, isn't it? His first we, game we back. Didn't actually mentioned that, but yeah, it had been the first big deep cross of the game as well in his area. I think he just went shit. Excuse my French. I, I've got to do something here rather than take a touch and whip it down the line. Makes sense. But that takes it one-one, and yeah. uh, and it kind of changed the mood in the stadium a little bit right before half time, wasn't it? Mm. Um, but it doesn't. Diaz had a shot time. straight afterwards, didn't he? That they have head kick. Some nice play. Yeah, good bit of power play down the left. Comes across Diaz. Does his? He seems to do that quite a bit. His overhead kick thing, and it goes wide, but. And then the rest well, it was, of the it was a lovely, it was some lovely play. I think we had seventeen passes at that point, and one of the three through balls we played. I don't know why uh, that it was like a two foot pass from um, CJ into Jota to pull back. I think it might have been Robbo. I'm not sure. Um, and then that lovely. Um, but, but to be fair to him, there wasn't an awful lot of options on there. He could have brought it down and, and played it out wide, but who's going to do that in that in that circumstance? And then, well, there wasn't even anyone in the pocket, was there? It wasn't like a knockdown he could have made. It was literally do something yourself or, or it yeah, goes out. That's it. And then uh, it's halftime. So what happens at halftime, Hamza? Uh, Trent comes off. Uh, Run us through the potential thinking. Of of the solution to that problem, uh, as in Curtis going to right back. Well, um, well, just think of the options on the bet uh, for for Klopp to solve that problem. So, so five minutes into halftime, he's got right. Trent's not coming back on. How does he solve that problem? Uh, yeah, well, last season it would have been quite simple. It would have been James Milner or Joe Gomez. Uh, neither of whom were available because Milner's left and Gomez was out. Uh, then, because left-footers don't play on the right, he's not considering senior cast. Also, he's just come back. Uh, and then you're looking at other senior players and you've got Gakpo, who's tall, uh, but has never played fullback before. Grav, uh, who is apparently not fully well because he's ill. Uh, but Curtis, who who is actually is industrious, is quick, uh, can be moved from midfield, uh, and can hold the width as a right-footed player, which I which may be able to get the other players infield a bit more space. And what this does, well, when you look think about the midfield profiles as well, as in the the starting midfield is not one that you'd expect to sort of have a lot of sort of um, box involvement in terms of shots and passes into the box, that sort of stuff, compared to uh, Sobber's line or, uh, or Trent or whatever, right? Um, but one of the things is that Harvey Elliott, uh, when he plays on the right, he's not quick enough to play on the right wing uh, and he's not sort of um, big enough to anchor the, the rotation on the right as well. However, if you put Curtis there on the right, you now have physicality, pace, strength, 
Uh, and if you've still got McAllister there, only oh, no, you've still got Jota there, sorry, uh, who's dropping in. And then that allow and, and Jota who's moving wide and all the stuff that he usually does, that itty bitty stuff I mentioned earlier. Uh, and that means Elliot can actually play in the half space where he likes to play and do that attacking midfield stuff without the output. Um, and when I say output, I mean get into the box and shoot a lot. Um, not Christian of him, that's just the way that he sort of plays. Uh, so that actually balances the, the right side a bit more and gets finally puts Elliot in a position where he can do what he does best in a way that he can't do when he plays with Trent and Salah. Because if you want to rotate, if you want to have a right side rotation with Trent and Salah, uh, let's say Trent anchors, Salah goes wide, then Harvey's infield and he's attacking the box, which isn't ideal. Or Harvey's wide, Salah's infield and Trent's deep, but you'd probably want Trent further up. Or you have Harvey anchoring and then Salah and Trent in their ideal positions, but you can't do that because Harvey can't anchor because he's not very big. Uh, so this sort of helps resolve that, I think. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter, at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Makes sense. Yeah. Statistically, we, um, Mac, CJ, Endo, combined, their XA per 90 is 0.21. And Harvey's is 0.21 on his own, so it 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 does something further up to the up the pitch than those lads do. Get to be fair, Max is going to be artificially low because he's been playing 20 meters deeper than he would have. It's not like he doesn't have the capability. Last season he was much higher. So, um, but but as this season goes, I would also uh, probably in Harvey's defence suggest that Trent loses the ball about 30% of his touches loses the ball is not the right he the opposition end up with the ball with 30% of Trent's touches so he does stuff to stress the opposition to cause that, that gives up risk so I wonder if Harvey is a little bit more conservative when Trent's behind because we're already giving the ball away a lot that with CJ who doesn't ever give the ball away uh, like twice a game his possession control is about neutral to minus two and Trent's is minus 25. Um, that perhaps it gives him a little bit more scope to make a risk. Does that kind of make sense? That makes sense. Yeah, makes and one sense. thing that, that Trent did well in the first, well, one thing that Trent did in the first half that not many other players did was he sought the early pass as well. The ball came in and he hit, hit it immediately before Burnley had moved over to close the angle down or to put. Uh, or to pressure him, uh, and that just on a few occasions opened up space in behind 
for for Nunez or Jota or Diaz just to nearly get a shot away or or nearly chase chase down uh, the ball. And a, a quick pass against a block is, is quite useful. Uh, that early passing behind or that um, that early movement just shocks or surprises defenses in a way that that stagnant slow stuff that we mentioned earlier doesn't. Just say Harvey ended up with a similar midfield profile as Mac in terms of percentage of the team's total shots, duels, headers, you know, all that kind of stuff on a profile plot. He's in and around the 5 to 10% mark, which is what Mac did, apart from Mac had more shots. So if you look at the profile plots I've got of them, they're very similar. CJ ends up being, because he moves out wider to more of a, the the right-back zone creates more threat in the in the second half, so his, his pizza goes larger, but again, it's a similar plot. Um, interestingly, in terms of profile of player, our front three will have the same profile of plot this this game, which is the first time I've seen that since I've run the plot. Normally, one of them is different, um, but this, uh, Diaz generally has a lot more um, uh, APV, sorry, than the other two. But this one, they're all very similar segments. They will have a dominance in terms of the shots. They all have a similar dual rate, a similar areas, and, and the rest of it is around five percent, ten percent. So it's interesting. And the mid-defence is well boring stuff, but um, normally I took Gomez's profile is exactly like a centre-half, even when he's playing fullback. In this game, both fullbacks profile the same and the two centre-halves profile the same. So it's about that. We had more, uh, even Trent, when he was on the pitch, profile was the same as Robbo. Apart from he's got higher peaks in terms of his APV addition. But, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, Trent this season has been carrying the ball at a higher rate than he had. Or actually, I think it's since the since he started to invert. So he used to be the pass first player and may have a really high. I think it was around sixty five, sixty eight percent of his total meters would have been from passing, mm. and it's becoming. And Robbo's it would be forty percent was from passing, and and sixty would be from carrying, and it's getting much closer. Yeah. So they're looking a similar, much more similar profile. Yeah, though Trent is obviously a killer of uh, makes more killer passes, but the, uh, I think his his volume of di- average pass distance has gone down, but he will still make a uh, like a lot of killer passes. Uh, interestingly, Harvey is our third highest XT uh, per ninety in the team, so he's doing something. Yeah, some of that would have been this game, right? Because uh, oh, he got two assists. Uh, there, his number wasn't that high this game. He didn't get two assists. He got one. Oh, uh, did, was it a uh, okay? The other one. Diaz, Diaz, yeah, Diaz's was deflected. Gotcha, gotcha. So he did double his assists for the season uh, from one to two with this game, and it, but there's no, there's no getting around that he did play a significant role in our second half comeback, didn't he? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, he's out of a position he's in the right half space which is what Hamza was saying exactly where you, want, where you need him to pick up the ball um, off the ball I think he's if you look at that channel if we look at Burnley's period where they created three big chances um, their threat in that in that channel the, their their left wing and their left half space uh, in that period of time they had nearly 60, 60% of their APV was down that channel and they created three big chances from that which might be something to Harvey getting used to where he is or how we're reorganising, but it's just after that half-time period. So that shows you that that impact, whereas in the first half, 
we the the threat is sort of equally spread not a lot but you know it's burning but it's still spread across the box should we say whereas in that period of time when they created three big chances they had over 50 percent nearly 60 percent of their epv was in that left half space channel and the left channel far left channel their left this was one of the uh lower possession control uh games of our season it was uh, we've only had two worse so we're down at possession control of minus 120 um and we're usually around in a good game is it's around 70 so um you you th- theoretically have less opportunity to win the ball back because it's burnley and they don't have mm. many possessions in the first place but we were losing the ball really easily uh, relative to normal and not winning the ball back very well um harvey was at minus 2 which he's a minus eight kind of guy. I know it's only two to eight, so it doesn't feel like a lot, but it is a big difference from a midfielder perspective. And he was actually the best of any midfielder in the game. So he made a significant difference to us retaining possession and then allowing us to build whilst trying to force, uh, I think probably more secure passes, but he was, he was getting the ball into the box, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and was decisive in the two moments. What do you guys think about um, the big chances in general? Because six, five, was it six, five? Five, five four. four. In big chances. Do they have four? We had five. Yeah, they have four, we had five. Yeah. Like crazy. And that game didn't feel like a nine big chance game, did it? There wasn't a lot of quality on show. I was a bit shocked when I saw that at five, four. I was like, I must have misread that. Or I must have... But it must have calculated it wrong in the code. I was just like, I, I can't be right. Um, so one, we talk, we always label how many big chances happen in a game. But what yeah. we don't tend to talk about is how many big chances were taken from those big chances. Mm. So two of five, and they had one of four. They scored one big chance. They had four. That wasn't a big chance, was it? The header wasn't a big chance. Oh, so they missed all four. They missed all four. Yeah. yeah, so so we actually were a little bit lucky. Yeah, but that is also like you said, like you you preempted that with, are they big chances? Yeah, Virgil's was given as a big chance. Yeah, so his typical stat pad- padding third or fourth head uh, goal of the Straight game, the header didn't Straight work. The yeah, his header. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Diaz was Diaz was uh, one of two. Diogo's was one of one, and Darwin was minus was. Zero of one. That's thrown goal, wasn't it? At the end, ninety fourth minute. Is that right? Was that the one? It was one v one. I can't. I can't. I can't oh, because I thought he had two, but one of them was ruled out because he was because my Darwin offside. Was, was this offside? Did he hit the? Because I wasn't quite sure. I was on a small screen. That was, was a cross from did he hit the post, or was did, did he miss a big chance? And it was called offside because he did yeah. miss a big chance. Yeah, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Um, so Diaz is now on a run of uh, scoring three of his last five big chances, which is most statistically. Nice to have when you, your big player's out injured, right? Yeah. We're down to uh, 89 minutes per goal or assist for um, uh, for Diogo during, uh, during Mo's absence. And 103 for Darwin. You've got to love this, haven't you? Those, the attackers have stepped up, haven't they? Yeah. 
When was the last time all three, our front three, all scored a goal? Oh, last week. <laughs> all the week before? Was it? Bear in mind, I don't remember cup games, but it was, yeah. Oh, in the league. So I'll repress that. Who did we play last week? Arsenal. Which, it wasn't uh, Arsenal wasn't then. Chelsea was... Jota, Zobo, Diaz. No, it wasn't that. Hamza, you got an idea? Uh, it was Norwich, I think. Mean, yeah, um, Norwich. I just got to Norwich. Right, it was Nunez and Jota. Diaz didn't score. Yeah, right. yeah Diaz didn't score. Uh, sorry, this is bad. Uh, radio. You're right. It's bad radio, but I'm just saying this used to be quite a regular thing, didn't it? The front three always yeah, get yeah, a goal yeah. or a piece. It's assists. They they were involved in all the goals. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Who needs bad radio? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> right uh, now, I've uh, totally mullered up the uh, the pod. Is there anything to go through the end of the game? Because we need to talk about their two goals. I'd have thought. Uh, uh, no, our two goals. Oh, ours. Do you want to go through their big chances first? Okay. Uh, because the only reason I bring it up is because they, as many teams do, increase their long ball rate up uh, against us. Uh, usually this season, Burnley's long ball rate is 16%, but it was up to 23.4. You learn well, young Padwan. Uh, but yeah, um, but... It's it's also part of a semi-wider change within Burnley as well, because I think they tried to play their football at the start of the season, football like they played in the Championship, and they realised very quickly that they need to be a bit more direct. So a little bit of a caveat to those numbers, but still, uh, it's quite a large jump up. Uh, and that is how they got the error from Kwanzaa, a direct ball forward. Uh, it's how they had the other big chance as well, which was... Uh, I've lost it on the scrub, but um, yeah, it was yeah, really and Dooney's early in the game. Mm. Uh, for Fana 68, mm. that's right, yes. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, that's the only reason I, I thought good to bring up their big chances because uh, they've played direct, uh, and just a few errors there. That, yeah, that was a Van Dyke error, I think. The the, the, the early one, right, where he just yeah. needs to step out and Queeve had the save, but yeah, um, yeah, not much more to add on that. Anything I would add another layer to Hamza's uh, great long ball stat is that their chain length, as in below five, was 79% of the time they had a chain length of below five. They had no chains over 15, which is quite unusual. Normally teams have a very low, low, medium, high. They had none in that high bracket. So they had 79% of their passes were involved in a chain of less than five passes. They, they had no interesting impressed, did they? They had no in They were just like pop, 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 bang. Uh, yeah, speaking of chains, I think Liverpool's second goal may come from what uh, was once called a pressing chain. Uh, so you guys won't see this because it's a podcast, but Simon is smiling. Uh, so um, what happens is uh, Liverpool are pressing from the left side, first through McAllister, ball goes backwards, then Nunez follows it, curves his run onto the goalkeeper, ball, uh, ball gets popped to the right, Harvey Elliott then joins in on the press, uh, the ball is pumped up the line and then Curtis pops out because it's a, a blind pass down the line. Liverpool win possession. A few more sort of um, quick passes and things ensue uh, and Enzo has to win the ball back after McAllister does a thing where he kicks the opponent. And then the ball falls to, to Harvey and he crosses it for Diaz who makes a header. But the, the key thing here, I think, to take away is actually 
uh, that 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 pressing sequence from left wing all the way to right wing, and then Curtis jumping in. Uh, yeah, that was a sustained pressing sequence of which Nunez played an important part as well, uh, which is interesting, which is important to note because for a while he was pressing out of sync with the rest of the team, but it was a well coordinated move. This. Yeah, I think it's a really good example of that. I think it's the perfect um, use of that term, pressing sequence, because that's the key. The the key to our gag and pressing is the sequencing. And you're right about Darwin. I actually felt a little bit sorry for Darwin because Dar- I wonder if he's spent the last year and a half having this thing hammered into his head. This is what we do. We do this at this angle, at this speed, go. And then, ah, well, we're not we're not doing that thing today, and that's what happened in this. We're ah, we're not going to bother pre- doing the press today. And so he's like, uh, it's it's like it's like a greyhound that's suddenly been let off a lead. He he, he spent he's he's been spent a, a year and a half being taught to race around after this rabbit. Actually, leave the rabbit alone. Leave it. Leave it. Let it run. <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, but yeah, but, uh, and he can't help himself, and he goes sometimes. Um, yeah. So I don't blame him at all. He was he's full of effort and and still trying to do the right thing, but it's just the wrong thing because it's the wrong time because nobody else has bothered to do it or 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 everybody else has been told to do a different job. And it, so it looks bad. But the dude, oh, yeah. I, sign me up if he, if if it's created a new what something uh, Hamza and I were talking about before the get uh, before the pod. If it's created a new default. Um, like pathway for his brain. This is what I have to do under stress. I have to depress this way. Great. Because nearly all of the time it'll be, it'll be of benefit to the team. But you not think that's also the same for the whole side. Yeah. We're we're better. We're better when we do that. We're not very good at mid block. It's, it's the inverse of, of what happens with, no, I suppose it's the same thing as what happens when we play Europa league, shitty region. Europa teams or, or Champions League teams that dominate in their country and they they come to Anfield trying to defend. They yeah. just don't know how to do it. It's so like you said, it feels alien. Yeah, like you said last week against Arsenal, there was different reasons, but we were trying to do something we're not very good at against Arsenal. And we did it again and we won because... We won because Burnley are Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Hopefully we're not going to do it again even though we've got a week to rehearse or maybe we'll just get better at it because we do have a week to rehearse. But then uh, we're playing with our hair on fire. We need to talk about the goals because we're just going to go another Yeah, yeah we've got one more goal. Us. One more goal is corner. Isn't that right? Uh, Robbo corner Darwin's 78. Goal. Yeah, Darwin. So it's a corner from from uh, Robbo. Uh, it come pops out, recycled through Harvey. He puts the ball into an area and Darwin, Darwin, Darwin's pretty good at this type of header. It's coming across him. He puts it in the in the. First corner, if you know what I mean, the one behind it. Yeah, he has done this earlier in the season, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he did. That's what I'm saying. This is this seems to be his type of header. It's like in front of him, it doesn't seem to have the same impact, but the kind of flick. No, he into did. The far he corner. did head a, a thunder bastard about ten meters over the bar earlier in the game, didn't he? Yeah, it was like a ninety mile an hour header. It yeah. just it, it was just chasing Charlie Adams' penalty. So this delicate thing that he can do, he can do right the thunder bastard stuff. Brilliant. Maybe don't do yeah, but this is a great yeah. header. Harvey got the assist. This is, he did get an assist for this, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got yeah, an actual did. assist. Yeah, got an actual assist for this. Yeah. And then um, I don't think a lot else happens in the rest of the game, if I'm being honest. After that goal, 78 minutes, so that's 80. Then you get a round of, round of subs to kind of eat up a bit of time and it goes on till 98 minutes. 
And then Darwin missed his big chance. Or one on one. It, yeah. yeah, one on one. Stat, a little bit too much time. Which is what we said at the beginning. Too much time to think about it, made the wrong call. Is what it is. What it is. I, I thought, um, what do you think of uh, Endo in this game? Endo seems to, he seems to be getting above cult acclaim right now. People, he seems to have won over. I I always wonder this with humans and football fans in particular, but with humans, when when people are innately good, and so when they are negative about something, retrospectively they feel like they were being mean they can then overcompensate so i feel like when we first bought endo our fan base were like lambasted it unless you're one of the um tacticos who pretend to uh, think he's like they're, they're all brilliant hipsters from germany so they know all about his genius but everybody else was like they were a little bit down on it weren't they? Because because he wasn't the big money signing that we yeah. were expecting at the time. He wasn't Caicedo or it wasn't the or, six or, that everyone wanted. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and no one had actually heard of him mostly. No. Um, so he came in and he didn't play great when he first started. So people were mean about him, and they were probably very mean online about him or about the club signing him. So I wonder if there is a little bit. He's played much better. If just as humans, we are. Oh overcorrecting now and he now is a first choice number six no matter who's available for Liverpool I think he played alright I think he's actually justified it I don't need a VPN I've got nothing to hide <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com not only is my home internet now fully encrypted but I can now access all the websites I want whenever I want and do so from absolutely anywhere As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. I think there are elements he does really well. He does do it differently from Mac. I think that's fair to say. If you look at his past networks from when he plays, there is a definite triangle between his six and two centre halves, which you don't normally get with Mac, right? So I think there's something I like about I mean you probably similar so with, with your coaching is always about triangles, isn't it? So I like a triangle at the base of our midfield with our two centre halves either side. Um and, and Endo gives that the thing that he he is very left side dominant with his passing though. So if you look at the connections he makes to the right, it's not they're not normally as accurate and they're not not they're not in as great a uh, volume. We so that, that is when Hendo played six. Yeah. So it's that it, way, it's, not that way. It doesn't look that way. So he hasn't got That's that left, not right for anybody not watching this. Yeah. So he hasn't got that swivel on a stick. He hasn't got that that perfect swivel on a stick, which I think Fab used to have, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I think... But in terms of 
he's off the ball. He, I think undoubtedly he does. But then Max has been outstanding in terms of duels the last couple of games. But Ender does that gives you as a baseline, right? But then is the trade-off... Because undoubtedly Mac is better going forward, right? There is um, when Mac drops in, he can play that more vertical pass or quicker pace uh, and variety in his passing. Whereas Endo can't do that. But then the the trade off is Endo is probably slightly better defensively in terms of those channel droppings off and uh, sort of passing lane dropping off. So I, I think it's always a, a question. I think it's good for us if we ever have a full complement of midfielders to have uh, two tools to choose from at your six. Yeah, that makes Just no sense. Mind. Just from um, a numbers perspective, the uh, Mac has much better possession control than Endo. Yeah. So Endo looks like he can put in a tackle and he doesn't do anything particularly expansive with the ball, but he still has possession control three lower than Max as a six. So yeah. I don't, I'm not even sure if uh, maybe there is something that doesn't come up it, we talk about this defense defensively with uh players individually that you can't count stuff that doesn't happen yeah so so positionally maybe he does stuff that shields that prevents stuff happening that the mac doesn't do but which we can't count yeah, so for sure i'm fine with that what do you think hamza uh i think endo is probably better than mac in negative transition, I think he is a bit more capable of making those fouls. Uh, and uh, he got booked for one earlier, but I, I think he throws his weight around a bit more effectively than McAllister does. I think, as Bart's also said, McAllister has made immense gains in his defensive game over the past few weeks as he's sort of become more accustomed to it. Uh, I think also, like Bart's, it's a sort of... Um, Horses for courses thing, as in Endo has a slightly, he, he, he's bigger, he's stronger. Uh, for certain matches, that's a bit more useful than having McAllister as a six. But I think if, 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 there's, if there's ever a choice between the two players, it's always going to be McAllister, he's a better player. Uh, but, but sometimes having Endo is, is quite useful. Uh, and his positioning, because he doesn't like to get forward too much, which uh, in some time, sometimes is a negative, but sometimes can be a positive if you've got fullback, both fullbacks pushing on, uh, just means that, yeah, you've got a bit more cover. So I, I think, yeah, I think he's he's played well. This wasn't his best match. I think he showed his best form going into the Asian Cup. Uh, but yeah, he's been out for a while. He's come back um, and it was fine. It, uh, but yeah, I, I think he offers a bit more negative transition, but he doesn't offer much at all uh, in the possession phase. Yeah, that's that's where I'd have him soon. So he's, I, I think he's really handy to have around. Um, I don't think he is in our best team. Um, right. Anything more about this game? No. I just, uh, no. I think we should have a penalty in Jota in the first half, but anyway, we've gone past that. Uh, I don't even remember it. You got pulled down by centre half. If you look at any corner, Jesus Christ, there were, there were two-handed wrestling on yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. I can't believe anyway. the stuff they were getting away with. But there you go. Because it's Burnley. Yeah, exactly. We're, let, we're good give him a chance, aren't we? So, you know, there you go. Is it, is it time know. for our injury section now? I was going to say injury, injury section. Injury segment, right. Who are we talking about? We're always injured. So Trent had a reoccurrence, Dom's had a reoccurrence, and <sighs> Thiago's had a apparent, not a reoccurrence, but you know what I mean? They're all, uh, they return to play protocol is something that you've mentioned as being partic- maybe in question for these yeah. three players. 
Right, we had this discussion before. So return to play protocols are usually designed by uh the multidisciplinary team which is uh the new term we use for physio and strength and sports science department and doctors so they talk they talk they're usually coordinated by what is now a head of uh medicine a head of medical services um which is an old physio that's got promoted used to be a doctor um anyway they they will set out uh, a schedule for the, the diagnosed player set out a schedule and there'll be physiological markers that each player each player has to hit periodically over every uh, once a day uh, or every week depending on how uh, how long the player is out for and they would uh, uh, lay out a timeline so Klopp knows when to expect players to come back and the player can know when to come back and this with Trent with the inf- it's really hard from the outside in to uh, talk about such things because they have way more information than us but from the information provided publicly um they don't necessarily the timelines don't match up with the injuries they talked about and the lads came back way quicker than would be typically expected for the injuries that were talked of publicly. So Zobo and Trent came back to earlier than, than predicted. Uh, we talked about two weeks ago, Bart's uh, when Tiago was finally back in first team training, I thought this is me. So uh, me talking about this makes it sound like I'm, I think I'm the all known expert. I'm just giving general yeah. information of what is good practice and i'm not saying the thing they're doing is bad practice i'm just saying it doesn't align with what's good practice which is fair what you and i said we thought burnley was the game for tiago not arsenal yeah so other stuff interferes with timelines people need to win yeah Injuries. and there are humans involved and what happens when uh, some lad is 75% fit, he's, which means he's almost, that can mean so many different things, different scenarios, but he is almost ready to, um, to, to play in a, in a live football match. And sometimes Klopp even mentioned himself, because this happened with Jota six weeks say, ago. Jota against Burnley, away. Oh, there you go. Um, the the sports science team said uh, he needs another week. Of, he needs another week of training, basically, and he needs um, to be uh, to de- He needs to be doing thirty minutes of high intensity stuff today and build into team training. And Klopp said, "Why can't we try that thirty minutes on the pitch today in this game? If he's going to do thirty minutes of high intensity training, what it might as well be on the pitch today." And it worked, and we won thanks to that decision. So. Here I am questioning one of the great managers of all time in saying, is it possible that humans at play here, one, that one decision, knowing what he knew then that nobody else did, influenced that decision, and now everybody else knows that decision, if now we aren't all in, and it's affecting other decisions in the readiness of players. Does that kind of make sense? But that one success of of Jota coming in ahead of ahead of schedule, ahead of what the sports science team were saying, 
the success of that, I wonder if that fueled the confidence that maybe I, maybe we can do it this way. Rather than keep assessing each case on its own merits. Exactly. Which you might, you could say from outside looking in, we've not done that. We've so so in these three cases, Thiago, start, Thiago just coming on, even for eight minutes in the game. Yeah. Right? Actually 13 minutes in the game. Yeah. But for that, but it wasn't that. It was a top up afterwards. It was a top up afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but having to uh, causing the doing that on um, opposed training, then after opposed high level um, chaotic play, has is a different stimulus than just forty minutes of unopposed training. Um, whether that that is definitely not the return to play protocol that would have been on. I just told you what the standard mm-hmm. protocol would have been. It was just very standard and normal at that point. And even then, it probably wasn't quite as conservative as as many would have done. And they went a week earlier. So so that's one. Then Trent coming back three weeks for a, a medial ligament uh, strain is, isn't, isn't general practice. Uh, it could easily be twice that, but it's definitely at least minimum a week longer than that, if not two. So then Trent comes back and gets injured. And Zobo was also two weeks quicker than would have been predicted too. And then you get the recurrence. So you have three precarious decisions and three negative outcomes. I'm not saying I wouldn't have made those decisions, all those decisions because there's a, always a risk reward in these situations. Sure. It could well be that one potential is that the medical team were wrong. One potential is the medic- medical team are crap. I don't think either of those th- two things are the case. One one scenario is that the medical team provide all of the right tra- um, rehab and then all of the information to the management team who pick the team. And their intent changed. The filter they run through their decision-making changed because this is the season we're at now. Or maybe it just changed because of need, because other players were injured, so they ended up getting forced into. That was my feeling with that. So the app, so the prognosis of them now is that Thiago's done. Is that worst case scenario that Zobo should be out for a minimum of a week more than he was the last time for the exact same injury, and Trent should be out for a minimum of a week more than he was the last time he was injured. Does that make sense? Because these are recur- recurrences, and we got it wrong the last time. So that's. Trent and Dom gonna miss the city game. Uh or just back for that. Let me without speaking out loud, let me just We are at week twenty-six, so twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. The city game would be uh doing the exact same thing for Trent and it might be the right week for Zobo. And Thiago, is that a different injury? The same was it hamstring? No, it's hamstring. Yeah. So he did a hamstring different injury, but it just means he's yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it was it they it was a grade two hamstring, so he he could be out for two months. Yeah, I suppose the other factor in this is um, 
it's, it's no one's fault, but you know, Bradley became unavailable, didn't he? Which would have been which the, causes stress, which causes stress and change the, the decision making yeah. matrix. Because you would have played him. You know, if Trent wasn't quite right, you'd, you'd be quite happy playing Bradley, but you didn't have their option. So you haven't got Robo back. So you've got to play Gomez at left back. You, you've got to fill that player. You're going to Arsenal or no, was it Trent played? Anyway, yeah, you went to Arsenal. You can't just put another kid in at right back. So you take the risk of yeah. playing Trent there. And he didn't pay off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I forgot think, about Gomez. Yeah. I think, uh, personally, if I was in the same position, though, if it was Arsenal away, I would have tried to play Trent. I would have tried to get Sober to play. And if I was a manager and I was a goal down with 10 to go and I had the best midfielder I've ever seen on the bench, and I thought, can I squeeze 10 minutes out of him? I would have. And then there's a red card, and then he has to fill in a centre back, which is an ideal. But I would have done all those things. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't think it comes that. around, and it's the same position again. And it's City at home, and you know what the the league is like against City. I'd probably do the same thing again, uh, knowing exactly what we know now, knowing that we probably should give Trent an extra week. Yeah, should give someone an extra week. Trent, uh, Thiago doesn't have a chance, but let's say he did have a chance. Yeah. I would take all three risks again because it's City at home. It's worth the time. risk. And if I was a manager as well, it's my last season. And all the players also recognise that and they all go, I want to play because it's exactly. City. It's top class oh. and we're in four competitions. And You're that, right. that human element is, you, you, you can try as hard as you can to divorce that, but that's also what makes them so good. Yep. Trying to squeeze that as much as they possibly can. 100%. And equally... If we got a draw at Arsenal, we'd all gone fair enough. It paid off, right? I, I would, would never been, be mad at that. Yeah, I, would I, have I, still I, be five, five I'm clicks. busy being mad that that we played in the cups. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, if just to go on Hamza's point, if we got a draw at Arsenal, we'd still be five clear. We'd still be yep. right in the box seat. It's just we're only a little bit looking at it. I think again, humans because we got beat. It's um, it's it's unfortunate and it's really unfortunate to Argo, you know, um, because. Yeah, it would have been nice to have him for the running, but now it probably is not going to happen. And that's yeah. also what managers believe intrinsically, that they can add a 1% or a 2% or a 5% more than everyone else believes that they can do. And that's what makes them special. Yeah. They look at the squad and go, any other manager reckons they could get 10% more out of that squad, but I reckon I can get 11 or I can get 15. Yeah, yeah. Even if the scientists say this, I reckon I can get like, just that little bit more. That's what I think Klopp thought he could get 30 when he first arrived. There you go. That's why they all broke. And then and then genuinely, if you talk to him about it, that that he would have that conversation and now he thinks he maybe can get 10. Yeah. But he still thinks he can get more than anybody else. And all suppliers do as well, right? Tiago coming on the sure. pitch would have gone, I can get draw here. But I'm just saying, Tiago would have gone yeah, to that yeah, game going, been... I know I can create one chance for my main man and we'll get draw here and I'll be a hero. Yeah. Did he do back to himself? I have, I have a couple of uh, England coaches coming on to talk uh, later in the week about top-ups. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so I think I think that's the good stuff. I think we're done. We're done. I, I wish this was a visual pod because then you could see uh, Bart's magnificent uh, warm-up jersey. I think, is, is that a warm-up shirt? Training. It's training a, shirts. Yeah, we have so shirt. many of them these days. Jeez. I know, right. All, I know. The Liverpool team's got better clothes than Swifty. This is quad season, but uh, that was. 
I do like that colour. Yeah, it's good. I hate that. Scene. Those that can't see, it, it, it's red. <laughs> <laughs> As is the very stylish rugby shirts that Hamza is uh, is wearing. This, this is Dennis the Menace. Uh, for those that don't know Dennis the Menace, it's red and black uh, striped uh, jumper. Nice, nice. There you go. You come to UP for fashion advice. <laughs> right. Good job, boys. Um, who are we playing next? Oh, we got. I don't Brentford think we're going double header, but we've got two difficult. shitty teams, haven't we? So uh, maybe people. it'll be worth it. Brentford and Luton. Yeah, Luton's got brought forward because of the cup final. So we got Brentford on the Saturday, I think, and yeah, Luton. Luton on the Wednesday. Yeah, before the cup final. So yeah. In my brain, we've got Brentford, Luton, cup final, and then another cup game. So I'll be on again in about three weeks. <laughs> okay, of the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.